A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Excited to be here with Dylan Scott. What's up? What's happening? I got you up bright and early for this interview. You did. I wasn't expecting it this early, but you know what? We get the blood flowing. Let's go. Let's do it. I mean, aren't you ready just to get rocking? I am. I can't wait. After being off a year, not just me, but everybody, it's like, man, you just want to go do something, you know? I know. It's like we kind of get used to that home life where it's like you're probably in super dad mode now. Or do you have a lot more like responsibilities with the kids because you're home all the time? I mean, yeah, pretty much. My wife kind of, she's like, hey, look, you don't have to work. So, you know, <laughs> get to guess it. what? Do what I do every day. And I'll tell you, uh, it's, I, I enjoy, I love being daddy and I love being home. It's a lot of work though. Maybe more work than actually my job. So, you know, kudos what? to my wife. I actually am going to agree with you because I have done a lot of jobs as well, like in the entertainment industry, and nothing is as hard as being a mom. And it's the best hard, but it is just like you have, it's nonstop. You can never turn off, not even for one second. Yeah. Even like last night, like my kids have, their allergies are awful right now. So my son's waking up, my daughter's waking up, I'm getting up, she's getting up. She got up more than I did, I'm not going to lie. And she was still up this morning at like 6.45 making breakfast for him. I was like, you, you're a rock star. I know. I did not get breakfast. She did not make breakfast for me. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. I mean, it's- sometimes you can just only do the what you, can, what you have to do, you know? Yeah. Well, before I get to your interview, I just want to ask if you guys have had the stomach bug yet because we had the stomach bug plow through our house and it took – Sunny out, my husband Michael out, and me out. And it knocked us down for a week. Have y'all experienced any of that? Yes, my wife's had it, and both my kids have had it. I think I had it for like maybe 
half a day. It was the weirdest thing. I was really yeah, it's quick. sick. It's pretty quick. Yeah. My kids were sick for like over a day. So was my wife, but everybody had it. It did. It wiped them out. Um, it was no joke. I know. My husband no and I fun. were like, why? They say it will be fun having kids. They say this oh, is yeah. the best time. No, it is the best. <laughs> it's the best. Um, okay, so you're getting back on the road. Oh, my gosh. And going out with a bang, direct support for Luke Bryan. I mean, that's no joke. How exciting was that to get that call? Yeah, I was pretty pumped. I just I was mowing the yard and uh, got off the lawnmower and uh, Carrie, my manager, called with Luke and asked him to be on tour. And I was like, Man, this is awesome, especially after, you know, a year of not working and uh, not touring to come back to possibly what well, definitely the biggest tour of my career. So uh, I'm going to start mowing the yard more often. <laughs> yeah. see, if, uh, see if more good news comes out of all this, you know. I mean, direct support is no lie. I mean, I know you've opened up for Garth Brooks and all sorts of crazy mm. people. What is that like opening up for Garth Brooks? Did you get to hang with him a little bit? A little bit, a little bit. He was awesome, uh, awesome guy, him and Trisha both. And, I mean, it was in front of, like, 40,000 people. Like, definitely the biggest show I've ever played. And uh, it was wild. What was really wild was not only the people, but his stage is wild. It's like Why? a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle stage. And so the band's facing one direction, but you can go all the way around the stage. There's people in the back of the stage as well. So you have to like, instead of just going side to side, you're literally going in a circle around the stage playing to everybody. So that was different. It was fun, but just 40,000 people was pretty awesome. Did you kind of have to like figure that out? Because that's a different way to perform. I don't think I ever figured it out. I think I just got up there and said, you know what, this is what we got to do and let's do it. So it's still to this day, I still think about it sometimes. I'm like, man, why did I not like prepare myself for a circle stage? But we just did it. I just kind of went around. I felt like I was, um, I was on a racetrack, you know, yeah. like, Hey, we got 40 minutes to get this set over with. So let's go in circle after circle after circle. But no, nah, it was, uh, it was really cool. Don't you feel like that's sort of how being like an artist is, though? A lot of the time you just have to sort of, like, figure it out as you go. Even though, like, yes, you have talent, you're prepared, like, you know what, you're, what you came there to do. But then don't you just feel like there's variables thrown at you constantly? Yeah, you're never you, – you try to be prepared. You can't be prepared for, for anything, you know. So that's what I've learned as well. It's just like, like today. I got a lot of stuff I'm doing today, and, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> You know? and kind of, but I love that. I, I think that's sort of the adventure of it all because you know who you are. You know what you're talking about. You know what you want to say. But then it's like, okay, let's just show up and see what happens. And I feel like always the craziest experiences happen or like you have days that you won't forget. And like you just like, it just makes it fun. Yeah, especially like for me when I'm touring and playing on stage, I don't try to – I don't try to plan ahead my show because every show I want to be different. If I will, I play three shows a weekend, right? That's a lot of shows throughout the year. So if I was to do the same thing every single night, it would get very boring and very monotonous. So I like the, you know, the fly by the, what do they say? Fly by the seat of your pants or whatever mm -hmm. it's called. I just like to get up there and let it be what it is. And I feed off the crowd and you know, they're different every night. So I like to keep my show different. So you've had a lot of, success your first song my girl like sold tons of i don't know streams and downloads all the things. I, don't know I don't know how people like yeah. count songs anymore but it did amazing and then you came out with hooked and that was like a top five also amazing now nobody your newest single is out and it's already top five is that right yeah we're top five right now um <laughs> houston tours number one so it's we're, we'll see what happens so what is it like to 
start seeing your dreams come true? Like, what is that like to be like living your dreams? And like, I'm sure, like, when did you start pursuing music? When did you know you had the love? So, I mean, I'll go all the way back to the very beginning. My my dad, my dad used to play. He lived in Nashville in his 20s and played guitar and sang backup for uh, guys like Freddie Fender. And we're like, wasted days and wasted nights. Back in the day, like the old school guys and Freddie Hart. And so he used to uh, play with those guys, gave up music, met my mom, moved back to Louisiana, started a family. So we just grew up playing music in my house. You know, my dad taught me, you know, George Strait and, and Keith Whitley was my guy growing up. So I, uh, I've been playing a long time. I knew I wanted to move to Nashville basically my whole life I, before I even knew what Nashville was. I wanted to be in Nashville. And uh, as I got older, like 16 years old, I started coming to Nashville and I uh, knew I was going to move here after high school. And I just lucked up. I mean, I lucked up and got a record deal. Lucked up. I love that. Lucked yeah. I mean, I, I did. Cause I, here's the way I look at it. There's so much talent in this town. So, of Nashville. Much. Like so much. Deal is so hard, but then that's actually yeah. the easiest part of it. Once you get it, <laughs> it is. It's the easiest part is actually getting the record. Do I feel it's like so too. hard still? Yeah. But there's so much talent. I mean, I tell people all the time, there's people in this town that can sing circles around me, you know? So it's all, it's just lucked up being in the right place, at the right time. And then it's also what hard was, work. What was the right place in the right time for you? How did it happen? So I met a guy named Howard Fields and he ended up being my manager for the last 10 years of my career. And uh, he, uh, I, I went in the studio when I was 18 years old and I recorded a demo of a Keith Whitley song called uh, Between an Old Memory and Me. And it was that demo that Howard heard and then took it to Doug Johnson, who was over at Curb Records at the time. And I mean, it's kind of like as a kid, it, it's the dream scenario. You go in, you record a demo, the demo gets in the hands of these record execs. And then all of a sudden he likes it and boom, you have a record deal. I mean, it happened like that for you. It happened like I was, look, I was still living in Louisiana when I got my record deal. I was just out of high school. It was a crazy thing. Have you had any setbacks yet? Have you had any like hard moments or has it been lucky? Yes. So from 19 to (laughs) 25 was my setback. That was my setback. Okay. What happened then? Yeah, I mean, I just I moved to town thinking like any kid would think, oh, I got a record deal. I'm about to blow up. You know, Taylor Swift was taking off and we're about the same age. Like, oh, she can do it. She's young. I can do it. And it just doesn't work like that. That's when, the, like you said, while ago, the hard part kicks in, which is, you know, you have to, to write the right kind of music. You have to record it. You have to get out there and start making fans and playing shows. And so, you know, we, we str- I struggled for a while just honestly finding out who I was as an artist. I was going to ask you, moving to town so young, you have so many influences, but did you know your sound? Because it does take a while to figure that out. Yeah, and I didn't. I mean, I was, I was trying to be who my daddy wanted me to be. You know, I wanted to be Keith Whitley. Oh, I, I, I didn't know who I was. Right. And it mm-hmm. took a long time to find that. It just, I had to start writing music. I had to get out on the road. I mean, we were playing, I, I put a little band together and we were playing shows for 50, 60 people up in Ohio and Kentucky and Missouri and just anywhere we could to play. And it was playing those shows to, you know, 50, 60 people where I learned real quick who I was as an artist, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And I feel like it never changed. I mean, you're always evolving as an artist. It's not like I've got it figured out. You're always figuring it out. But I do feel a lot better now about who I am and where I am moving forward. How did those shows help you define your sound? What about being in front of an audience 
like shaped it for you, chiseled it away. You get to, I mean, so back in those days, I mean, we were playing like a lot of covers, obviously, but I was also writing music, so I was taking those out and playing them on the road. And you, I could see real quick when I played a song on stage, the crowd, I could see, okay, do these people like it? Do they not like it? And I'd go back and, oh, I don't think they like that song, so let me try this song. And it just took, you know, show after show after show and then just getting comfortable with who I was and to, to realize, okay, this is, this is what's working for me. And, uh, you know, for me, what it was is songs that were just true to me. I wasn't Isn't trying to be truth? somebody else. Don't it they was say just, write what you know, sing what you know, and it kind of like works. That's it. And that's what I did. I just started writing what I know. I started singing what I know. And uh, it ended up being a lot of love songs, honestly, <laughs> because I've been with my wife since I was 15 years old. So <gasps> the love stuff, the love songs are a lot easier to write than like the party songs. I'm not, I'm not a big partier, you know? I mean, I'll go out and have a good time, but that's not who I am day in and day out. Okay, so who are you day in and day out? Because you you love to write about your wife. What's your what is who is Dylan Scott on a daily basis? Dylan Scott, the thirty year old Dylan Scott, which is me right now. I, on a daily basis, I am just a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and then I get to I get to play music as a living, which is crazy, you know. So I I, I like to write, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess these days I, I just look at myself as a husband and a father first, and then I get to play music, which is a bonus, you know, and we're having success, which is a double bonus. Double bonus. What is the secret to a long relationship? Being with your wife for 15 years. Tell us, uh, tell us your secret because everyone's hey, looking for the secret sauce. Two words, two words. It's yes, ma'am. That's <laughs> is the she secret. The boss? Right? She is the boss. Yes. No, she's, <laughs> she's awesome. We just, we click, you know, uh, I'll tell you a little backstory on us. I met her in seventh grade, never spoke a word to her. Eighth grade, never spoke a word to her. Ninth grade, never spoke a word to her. And then something happened our sophomore year of high school. I don't know what it was. Um, we've been together ever since. But she, she's known from the beginning what I wanted to do, play music. You know, uh, we've, we've talked about it since we were 15, 16, of how I want to be on the road playing music. So she just gets it, you know. And I think that's what, I think that's what really makes us click is she gets what I do. I get what she does. There's no, there's no jealousy. There's no, you can't do this. You can't do that. It's like, Hey, we're in this together. It's one life. We only get one life. So let's enjoy it. And, um, we just, we get it. You know, and that is a big deal because I feel like having a spouse who supports your career is really crucial to your success, honestly, and at least your happiness doing what you're doing because it's not necessarily the easiest road for the spouses. But when you have a spouse who's on board and who gets it, it really makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. I mean, because people say it all the time. It's like, oh, you're out on the road living the rock star life. I'm like, yeah, not really. I've got a bus full of guys where we go play a show. We get out off the show. We're probably eating pizza from Pizza Hut and going to bed. You know, it's not like some crazy rock star life like everybody thinks, but she gets it. You know, she knows, she knows me and I know her and we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me what you're looking forward to about being on tour with Luke. Oh, that's a, that's a hard question. I'm just looking forward to one getting to watch his show every night. You know, me growing up, I grew up a big fan, oh, um, yeah. a big fan of Luke. So I remember when I moved to town, I used to, as I was finding who I was as an artist, like as far as stage present, whatnot, I used to YouTube his videos, live videos all the time and watch what he did. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And that's something I learned from him is he just keeps it real. 
which is mm-hmm. which is cool. There's nothing staged. I don't feel like too much. But watching this show, just honestly being at, being back on the road, playing shows, and just playing to that big of a of an audience. You know, I mean, yeah, we've had success over the past few years, and we've grown it up to you know our shows are playing to you know two, three, four thousand people. But this is on a different level. This is thousands and thousands and thousands of people, which is always fun. So hopefully, we can just go into this and make some new fans and have a good time along the way. Do you have any like pre-show rituals that you do to get you the mindset? <laughs> I don't. Everybody always asks that. And I always tell myself like, I need to start a pre-show ritual. I really <laughs> do. But I don't, it's different every night. Some nights I'll be hanging out with my band in the dressing room. Some nights I'll be on the bus. Some nights, you know, it's just, it's different every show, but I do need a pre-show ritual. Well, do you have to like get in the mindset or are you just like ready? Do you just like, you're just like hanging, hanging, hanging and all of a sudden it's like, okay, showtime, I'm going to go like rock it for 40,000 people and you can switch? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I just kind of, a lot of times it's like 30 minutes before showtime, I'm still hanging out on the bus like in my shorts and a t-shirt, you know, just chilling out. Everybody's like, hey, you probably should get ready to go play a show. I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I probably should. And so I'll go throw on some clothes real quick and just get out there and do the thing. But it, it's kind of like a switch. And I, I, I like that. I don't yeah, ever want to Maybe that's your around. secret. Maybe that's your secret. That you're just kind of like staying casual about it, like living your life. Yeah. Well, I try to. I mean, I feel like my parents raised me the right way. I don't ever want to be too cocky. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't do any of that. It's just, I, I'm a regular guy, right? I'm just a regular guy and I get to play music. It's a lot of fun and we're having success, but you know, it's, um, I don't ever want to be that guy. It's like, Oh, look at me. You know, I'm dressed up. I'm, I'm fixed up. Let's I'm, I'm the artist Dylan Scott. Like, no, that's, that's not who I am. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, 
start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So do you have like some sort of faith or something that you tap into that like you that centers you because I feel like you are just like in a flow with like your life and you're sort of just like rolling with the blessings and I just feel like I feel like you had a good mojo going on yeah I mean like back to the way my parents raised me I was talking a while ago I mean my my parents we, we grew up in church we did um well, it's just I feel like my parents raised me um, I, don't, I had a couple older brothers. I had a brother and a sister, and I learned a lot from them as well as far as what to do and what not to do in life, you know? So uh, I, I don't really know how to answer that question. I just I just try to stay level-headed. I try to do the right thing, and I do feel like if you do that and do the right thing, good things happen. Yeah, Totally. What do you do when you have a moment that is like a setback? How do you bounce out of that? I mean, every time is different. Sometimes, sometimes setbacks really get me down, right? Like, mm-hmm. like anybody. But um, I remember when I was probably 21 or 22, I was in Nashville, and my wife was not here at the time. We, we, as a matter of fact, we were still dating. And we did long distance for six years, and she told me, I was like, I think, I think I might just pack up, move back to Louisiana, you know, because nothing was happening with the music. I had a record deal for probably three years, but this, at this point, and, you know, it's what nothing going on. She's like, she, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on the phone with her. I was like, Hey, I think I'm gonna come back to Louisiana. She's like, no, you just need to stay up there and, and do what you're doing. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And that's what I did. And so I think my wife is a huge part of when I am down or when I am, you know, going through something, she's just, she's always positive. And I, I, I try to stay positive most of the time, but like I said, there are times she's always positive. She's always like, Hey, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. Ne- next week's a new week, you know? And uh, that's what I've learned in life is there is, there is setbacks and there is downs. And with me, it's like every time something happens right around the corner, boom, something good happens again. So I just try to stay positive. How has being a father changed you? Oh, man. It's just a lot of fun for me being a daddy. I'll be honest with you. Um, Before, it was me and my wife, obviously, with no kids, and we were having a lot of fun. It was great. But something about these kids is (laughs) even when I have nothing to do, there is something to do, right? (laughs) Whether it's 
picking up after them or playing with them, right? So it's just uh, for me, it's it's just a great thing. I love being a daddy. Um, I think back to what we were just talking about. It's times when maybe something doesn't go my way, or we have a setback, or you know, even even for instance, like my last single that I had was hooked, and it went to number two on the charts. And I wanted number one really bad, really bad. I mean, I can't blame you. Yeah, so it goes to number two. Uh, and so I remember being down about that. I was like, man, I really wanted that number one. But then my focus changed real quick when it's like, oh, I have some kids over here that I need to go tend to, that I need to go play with. And so they've, in, in that aspect, it's just, it's been a great thing. Yeah. So you've had like billions of streams. You've been nominated. You have, like, you have a big nomination that just happened, right? Yeah, CMT Breakthrough Video of the Year. And I'll be honest with you. I've been doing this for several years, and I'll take any nomination I can get. <laughs> That's any. a big deal. To be it is. Yeah, I'm excited. Is awesome. So how yeah, does that feel? It feels really good. It feels good to just get some recognition. You know, that's yeah. that's what's cool to me is not that I want it, not that I, I I strive for that, but it's like, man, it's like okay, somebody noticed, somebody noticed my music video. You know, that's that's a cool thing for me. So even if I win it or not win it, that's not the deal to me. Being nominated is really really cool. And it's breakthrough video. Yeah, breakthrough video of the year. Okay, so you're nominated with Runaway June, who's going to be your tour mates, right? Yes, we so are. That'll, so I'm best friends with Runaway June. I've been friends with Jen yeah. for like 10 years, 20 years almost. We've done like tons of life together. Actually co-wrote uh, Lipstick, which was Runaway June's first single. Oh, that's I, awesome. I love them so much. Is there going to be a little like healthy competition? Who's going to win like, breakthrough video? on? The <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm treading lightly on that, you know, I don't want to, cause we got to go tour later in July. So I can't have any beef with them. So <laughs> trying to tread lightly on that right now, but no, it's cool that both of us are um, nominated for this award and, and we're on tour together. So that'll be fun. Hopefully, hopefully one of us will win it. I know. Who else is in that category? Uh, I think Lainey Wilson, yeah. Nico Boone. Yeah. I think Hardy may be in it as well. He's blowing up. Hardy's so awesome. Yeah, he is. He's just got great songs. He's got and that's great what it's about. Give, great give Heaven Some Hell. That song is like one of my favorite songs. I'm like, oh, me too. Me dang, too. What a song. So who are some of your favorite artists out there? Because you're obviously breaking through as a new artist. You're having a lot of success, getting some great recognition. Who do you like? Who are you enjoying? Yeah, I mean, I'm a song guy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that I like or dislike anybody. It's, it's more about a song. And so like right now I was on the way in this morning and I was listening, speaking of Lainey Wilson, she's got a, a song out called things a man ought to know. And it's Ooh. like, man, that's a really good song. You know, it's like how she can change a tire and she can back up a trailer and like, there's, there's, she knows some things that a man ought to know kind of deal. And then like Thomas Rhett country again, that's probably my favorite song out right now. Just so well written, but I'm a song guy. You know, I like everybody, but mm -hmm. certain songs are just better than others to me. Yeah. So I saw you doing some like cameo videos with like Russell Dickerson, and then you had like you're like, hey, I'm in the bathroom. Call me back later. <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of fun with your friends in country music. Yeah, I like that fun. You know, that was uh, that was a cool deal. Russell, 
I don't know if he knew what I was doing, but he's always like, there's no getting Russell. There's no getting Russell. But I, I did one with Mitchell Timpany. I was in the shower, which I was not naked in the shower. A lot of people <laughs> ask, like, are you, like, naked? Like, nah, I couldn't take the chance of the phone, like, falling down while I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's filmed. It can never be unfilmed. even if no, you're Yeah, but that was probably the best one with, with, with Mitchell was just his reaction to me, like, in the shower, all sudded up, you know. But, yeah, I do like that fun. I'm a good, I like, I like a good prank. You're a prankster? Well, you know, okay, you're going on tour with Car- uh, Luke, and Caroline, Luke's wife, is like the biggest prankster of all time. It's not that she, yeah. not that she pranks on tour, but I mean, pranking is in their, in their DNA. So I wonder if y'all will get into it. I don't know. I kind of hope so. Like I said, I love pranking. I overthink it sometimes. I feel like I'm going to make somebody mad because I've made some people mad pranking before. And then right. I feel what like was one of your I'm pranks? a 12. 12- I'm a 12-year-old kid. Not really a prank, but, like, I remember I made somebody really mad. I'll, you ever pantsed anybody? I have not. No. You know what pantsing is? Where you, like, pull their pants down and show their butt. Yeah, but right? it's just a pants, you know? It's, it's around a bunch of guys. Like, I had a guy in my band. He's no longer with us anymore, probably because of this right here. <laughs> I guess you pantsed him. Uh, I pantsed him. It wasn't on stage or anything. It was like well, that was nice of you to not pants him. And he got really mad at me. And I'm like, man, now I feel like a 12-year-old kid for doing that. But then a week later, after he got mad at me, he pants me at a gas station. So, I mean. Well, you deserved it. I guess so. But, no, I like a good prank. I've got okay. some, uh, like, I, I think the best prank I've ever pulled was, I have a buddy back home who's a game warden. And I'm a big outdoorsman, big hunter. And I had some buddies down from Nashville, Louisiana. And John Langston was one of those. Travis Denning was another one. And I had my producers down there. And so, I told my buddy to come up to the cabin we were staying in. I went outside at like midnight and I shot the gun. Right. And I, I walked back in. I was like, Hey, I think I just, I just shot a deer. Y'all I'm like turn the lights out, I'm like, which is super illegal by the way. And so everybody's like freaking out. Like you just shot a deer in the middle of the night. Like, yeah. And so I had planned out about 15 minutes later, my buddy who's a game warden shows up with his blue lights on in the driveway, pulls me out, handcuffs me, pulls Travis out. He's like questioning Travis, pulls my producer out, questioning my producer. And in the meantime, John Langston is sitting in the cabin on the couch like a puppy dog who <laughs> is lost. I mean, he is all beside himself. And so at this point, everybody but John knows that we're in on this prank. And so I'm in handcuffs. And so I bust through the door in the handcuffs and I look at John. I said, John, you got to hide me. And I'm freaking out. So he starts freaking out, right? And the game ward's coming behind me, chasing me, chasing me up the stairs. Anyway, probably the best prank I ever, I ever did. Dylan, yeah. that was like thought out. I mean, that was like some yeah. major pre-planning. Yeah, he was freaking out too. He did not get mad. He thought it was funny in the, in the, in the end. But yeah, I think he was almost in tears. So do you just love the rush of it? Like the rush of like, I do. <laughs> I just I just I like making I just like laughing, right? I like having a good time. And really the pranks for me is like I just want to laugh at, at what's going on, but That's probably why you love being an entertainer cuz you just need that rush. Probably so. Probably so. Okay, well, I'm about to wrap up cuz I know you got a day full of interviews. I really appreciate you getting up bright and early and chatting with me. I saw that you are in rehearsals and you're like, man, I suck at this right now. It's like, what is it like getting back after a year of not doing it? It was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. I mean, I forgot everything, which I forget everything anyway. Me too. I have have a terrible memory. Awful. I asked my wife the other day, I was like, do you think something is wrong with me? I was was sincere. She's like, no. I have the worst memory. She remembers everything. Do you have like a, a prompter so you can see your words or do you just like know your words? 
No, I know him. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been several times on stage where I'm like, looking around, like mumbling until I get back in it. But no, I mean, rehearsals, the first, I remember the first rehearsal we did was, it was that video you're talking about. I could not remember anything I felt like. And then finally we got it. And then it was two days later, we played a show down in Florida. And I will say for that show, I was sitting on the bus, ready to go, mentally thinking, okay, do I got all the words right? Am I going to do this? I mean, that was one of them. I was very nervous. I don't ever get nervous for a, for a play. And uh, we went in there. You, because you're nervous because not because of performing that you can't do it, that you're not going to like crush on stage. Nervous to remember the words. 100%. Yes. yes that's like, I know we're going to go out there and bring the energy and have a good time. It's like, what if I forget this or forget that? And so I actually remember we went out and played the show and did not forget a single word. Ooh, it's like it's like riding a bike. It's like we just left off, you know, we picked up right where we left off. But I'll say the next night, I forgot a whole verse to a song, the whole entire verse. Forgot. What do, you, whole. what do you do when you forget a verse? How do you like? I just laugh. I laugh <laughs> on stage and everybody laughs with me. And then I go back to the chorus and then we pick up. So, I mean, good. So you don't let it, you don't want to like mess you up. Nah, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, I think it's, Honestly, I think it's funny. I think it's real. I think I think the crowd appreciates it a little bit. Like, oh, he just forgot the own words to his own song, you know? So Exactly. Cool. And especially coming out, out of COVID for a year, out of, like, cold storage, you know, everybody is. Yeah, there's a lot of surely. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I always wrap up every interview with Leader Light, which is basically just a very open-ended question. What do you want people to know? What do I want people to know? Um... Like just about myself? Anything. Just whatever you feel. It's like wide open. Wide open. What do I want people to know? I, I want people to know. Um, I want people to know that I, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate all my fans. I appreciate the opportunity to get to play music, get to be out on the road. I think it's uh, – I'm blessed to do it. I'm lucky to do it. Like I said, there's a lot of people that – could be doing what I'm doing right now that may not ever get the chance that should get the chance. So I just, I think I just want people to know that, that um, I really enjoy what I do and um, I'm glad I have the support I do. Heck yeah. Well, Dylan, good luck on your tour with Luke Bryan, on your song, Nobody, that's crushing and all of your future endeavors. Just can't wait to see you keep crushing it out there. Hey, we're going to try. Heck Thank yeah. you for doing this. I appreciate your time. Have a great day. All right, you too. Okay, bye. See you. Bye. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.